Russia's Gazprom will begin natural gas exports to China in December, which is the focus of this latest edition of Gas in Focus from ICIS, written by Diane Palladry, who's here with me today. My name's Tom Marzik Manser, and I'm one of the analysts uh, at ICIS. To delve into this subject matter and the relationship between China and, and Russia in, in relation to gas. So, Diane, December, is that right? What's, what, what's happening in December exactly? Well, Russia will start uh, its first pipeline exports to China uh, through the power of Siberia. But we saw recently that uh, there could be additional volumes uh, negotiated. I mean, they are currently negotiated uh, between Russia and China, um, but we don't know how much um, and we don't know exactly when. Uh, it could be during the ramping up period, but it could be also um, in 2025 because we see that the ramping up of the two fields feeding the power of Siberia show that uh, they will produce 50 BCM per year from 2025, which is more than the 38 BCM contracted uh, between Gazprom and CNPC in 2014. Mm, I see. Uh, so there's, I guess that, that's one possibility, and the other option is that if Gazprom produces more than it has contracted to CNPC between now and, and 2025, then any additional volumes could also be under under some sort of sales agreement between the two if they, if they can strike a price. Yeah. I mean, I guess as always with, with, with these things, it's, it's price that comes down to it uh, is, is, is the sticking point. So they're still locked in negotiations. Yes, yes, because, um, I mean, probably uh, China will bear in mind uh, the price of LNG that it gets uh, in the eastern coast mm -hmm. when negotiating these additional volumes, um, because part of the volumes that are coming through the power of Siberia will go to the north, the very north um, east coast of um, China, which is quite... Um, not well connected to the rest of the Chinese grid, mm -hmm. but some of the volumes will go until the Shanghai area. So these are um, also uh, fed by LNG. So yeah. that could be in direct competition with LNG. Absolutely, and uh, I suppose, you know, this 38 BCM contract or potentially even more if, if, if something else is, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but actually when you take into consideration what already is being China's unbelievable growth rate in terms of consumption, uh, it produces about 160 billion cubic meters itself. It imports from Central Asia, which is obviously a, a key sticking point in probably in these negotiations. Central Asia can produce or s deliver about 55. And you mentioned there's an t options for maybe even more 55 billion cubic meters. And, and LNG is probably close to 80 BCM and that, that's going to grow as well. But what, with, with Central Asia, What's the deal there? Well, uh, in Central Asia, you have three lines uh, connected um, from Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan um, to uh, China. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, a planned fourth line, but it's been delayed several times. Oh, okay. So it could be delayed. It's, it's not unlikely that it will be delayed again, given all the countries that are need to, to negotiate and the fact that it will go through a mountainous region, so you need to build tunnels that can be really um, expensive. Mm. Um, so if it's delayed, um, and it's, it's been delayed four times, I think, okay. now. <laughs> so um, it could probably boost a bit the negotiations between China and Russia for uh, additional volumes. But it's not just additional volumes maybe from Paris, Siberia. There's even you know, yes. plan B as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is power of Siberia too, or the Altai pipeline yeah. uh, that would uh, feed um, China from the Yamal Peninsula, which is also feeding European markets. Uh, so suddenly Russia doesn't have to just think about LNG costs into China and Central Asian costs into China, but also about uh, where the TTF is at. 
Yeah, exactly. So TTF, this probably about $3.25. MMBTU, Central Asian, gas, it's probably about 6 to $8 per MMBTU. Uh, and obviously the East Asian LNG price is, is not far off from TTF, but I suppose, no, not suppose, but almost certainly the majority of Chinese LNG procurement is done under long-term contract, which is oil index, so maybe quite a bit higher still. So various different pricing points to consider. Um, and again, and maybe not even those prices, but if you're delivering into Altai via Altai or from Central Asia, there's a whole transmission element as well. Yes, exactly. How, what, what value does it, how much does it cost to get gas across the whole of China? Um, between three, 350 and $4 per MMBTU. Okay. So Russia will have to find a very attractive price. And of course, the, this all depends on if it's all coming from Yamal as well, then it's a case of not just demand in Europe and not demand in Europe, where, the, where, where how consumption ramps up or doesn't ramp up in the, in the coming years uh, to consider, I suppose. Not just a rampant Chinese demand, but also whether ha, how demand is met within Europe and whether global LNG is, continues to flow into Europe or, or not, and how and therefore the reliance of Europe on Russian gas, because it's still Europe remain, will remain, exactly. even with all this. Yes. It, it remains the core market for, for Russia, right? Yes. Um, well. They've not explored everything in the Yamal Peninsula. If mm. some more volumes uh, emerged, then we could we could see maybe more motivation to negotiate those volumes with China. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's really really interesting. And if you want to hear more, or not hear, but read more about this, then as I said, the latest Gas in Focus has got an in-depth story from Diane on on this topic. Join us again sometime soon for another ISIS Energy podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.